Welcome to the Ekankar Soul Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Kunin. Is there more to life than what we see? That's the basic thread flowing through these episodes. And it takes on special relevance today in the wake of recent heartbreaking events in our public places and schools here in America and with conflicts all around the world. These and the tragedies that befall humanity every day raise questions. And the questions aren't new. Humanity has been asking these for all time. If there is a just and loving God, why do these things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Practically everyone has asked these questions. And maybe we've been on the receiving end of them. I was many years ago when my father, who just loved to watch the news practically nonstop in his retirement, turned to me one day and said, Douglas, you're into this spiritual stuff with Ekankar. What in the world is going on? How come the world can't get its act together? And I shared with him the best I could from the Ekankar perspective. And I said, this earth is a schoolhouse for the education of souls. Each soul is an immortal, individual spark of God that's come to earth, taken a body, to learn essential spiritual lessons. And this is a constant stream of souls, and there are always immature souls coming into bodies on earth, and they've got a lot to learn. We all do. And we all have free will. And of course, as you can imagine, you don't learn it all in one lifetime. Hence, reincarnation. Now, reincarnation, okay, to what end? What's the purpose of it all? And so I shared, number one, to discover oneself as soul. This core individuality that we are. This eternal I am that's soul, a unique atom of God. And soul exists because God loves it. And through all the experiences of life, we come to learn to love as God loves. Dad kind of went quiet. He didn't say much. And he continued to watch the news with the same devotion as he had previously. Yet I think our personal connection deepened. Well, today we have a guest who is a dad, a father of two daughters in their 20s, and he's been on the hot seat, if you will, to respond to tough questions when bad things happen. And he's had a thoughtful and perhaps unique way of responding to his daughters. Our guest is Will Harmon. He's active as a volunteer in Ekankar Leadership in North Carolina. By day, he works in ecosystem restoration and he has some deep insights to share on our topic. Welcome to the podcast, Will. Hey, Doug. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. We're so pleased to have you on the show today, Will, because this came out of a recent conversation you had with one of your daughters about current events. Yeah. So the recent event that happened in Texas, my daughter was home from college and she came into my office and we started talking about that. And it took me back like 10 years ago, 
she was in middle school and she was asking these same questions with what happened in Newtown. And it reminded me of a letter that I wrote to them during that time. You know, when she was in middle school and the shooting happened, she was quite fearful, talking about, do I need to hide under my desk? What do we need to do when we go to school? And so I ended up sitting down and writing her this letter. And so now here we are 10 years later and we're having similar conversation. And I remembered the letter and we're talking and I just thought like, there's so much that Ekankar provides and teaches that can help so many people. And so, yeah, I just wanted to reach out and share some of these things with the world. Before we explore how you responded to your daughter's questions, I'm wondering if you could tell us how you came to your own understandings. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it is one thing. I will say I was certainly very fortunate to grow up in a loving family that encouraged adventure, encouraged seeking truth, always allowed me to ask questions and we could pursue those truths together. As you could maybe tell with the work that I do with ecosystem restoration, I do spend a lot of time outdoors. I spend a lot of time in the wilderness and that has shaped my thinking and the way I perceive things as well, because at least for me, when I'm walking along a mountain stream or sitting on a vista looking out over mountain ranges at sunset, that is a divine experience. And it has always brought me peace and kind of a way to see how the world works. I can see these natural processes at work more clearly when I'm in the wilderness than, at least for me, than when I'm in a city. And so I was also introduced to the Ek teachings very young. My father was an Ekist and my mom was a Christian. And so that allowed me to explore kind of both religions and again, ask questions and just explore. And I kind of experienced both. I pursued Ekankar, I pursued Christianity. And when I went to college, I kind of had the Will Harmon religion, which, which was that wilderness experience. And it was a bit lonely, I will say. So I started looking again, and that reconnected me to the ACT teachings. And I vividly remember one experience in college trying to find that truth. And in a talk, I heard the words, you are soul. And just those three words were so profound to me. It was like the great truth that I had been seeking. I don't know how I even knew what it meant because that's such a big phrase, but it spoke directly to my heart, directly to me as soul. And I feel like it's the cornerstone to all of this, all of these hard questions. If we can start from that place, this understanding of you are soul it helps everything else fit. And it's a fairly unique thing. I had not found those words in any other religion that I had studied. It just spoke directly to me. I just knew it. I know I was like, I am not just this body. I am not just my emotions. I am not just the thoughts that I have, the ability to reason and to think through problems. Like those are 
garments that I wear as part of the true self and that true self, that engine for all of that is soul. I understand you also had a pivotal experience out in the wilderness that fits in with this. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, happy to. And it does, it fits right in with what we're saying. I was thinking about it as we were talking about you are soul, because it is a little hard to just put into words. And this trip, I was at uh, Denali National Park. So Denali is the highest mountain in the Northern Hemisphere. And there's this spot sort of in the back of the park called Wonder Lake. And I was standing there one evening about nine o'clock at night. It was summer, so it's not getting dark, but it's this really soft light. And I'm looking across Wonder Lake at the Alaska Range. And so all around Denali are still big mountains, like 10,000 foot tall peaks. And I could see them. And I knew Denali was 20,000 feet, so twice the height of these mountains. But Denali was in the clouds. I could not see Denali, which is pretty common. And so I'm just kind of letting my imagination wander, and I'm looking like, okay, how? what's twice that height? Okay, that's about there. The top of Denali must be about there. Okay. And then the clouds would move, and I would see another peak, and it would be like, is that Denali? I, I don't think so. And then way up in the sky, I see this little white triangle. And I'm like, could that be the peak of Denali? Like, no way. It's so high. And as I'm looking at this and kind of pondering, the clouds begin to lift. And within five minutes, the sky is clear and Denali is out in all of its glory. And it is massive. And I remember looking at it and my first thought was, that is so much higher than I thought. In fact, it is so much more than I thought. And as I thought those words, this this quiet whisper came from within and said, God is so much more than you think. And at that time of the evening with that soft light and this huge mountain reflecting in Wonder Lake, that image and those words have stuck with me since that happened. And it comes back a lot. Like when I think something, whether it's good or bad, it often those words come back. Like whatever I'm doing and I have this thought or this idea, I hear it is so much more than you think. Such an incredible setting in the wilderness for that experience. Yeah. So take us now to the time when your daughter asked you the tough questions about the Newtown tragedy. Yeah. Well, and I just want to acknowledge all the people who had to directly go through an experience like that. And just my heart goes out to people who have to experience these things directly because we're experiencing it indirectly. My daughter's hearing it. We're all hearing it on the news. And now she's scared. You know, she's scared to go to school. What if it happens to her? I'm scared. Like, what if it happens to my child? Like, we're we're just processing some very raw emotions. But through that, you know, I will hang out in that space a little 
But then I have all these tools that sort of pull me out of it and give me a different perspective. And I wanted to share that with my daughter. It was one of those times where I sat down to write a letter that felt like the right thing to do. I wanted to just speak from my heart to her heart and their heart, really both daughters. I just started by acknowledging the tragedy that it was weighing on my mind and heart as well. And then I did the first point I went into was that that idea that you are soul, you know, like we were talking about. Just wanted her to know that right up front. You are a spark of God. You cannot die. You have this personality. You have these emotions. You have this body. But the true essence of who you are is soul. And then just to even broaden that out a little bit, that it's not just us as humans that are soul as well, but all animals, all creatures are soul. And we're all living here together, you know, on this planet. So the qualities of the soul viewpoint, that's not always so easy to express. Yeah, as I was writing that part of the letter and talking about you are soul, I was feeling like it needed perspective, you know, because it can be abstract. And I was looking for what else can I add to this that'll make it broader, even global. I started talking about perspective, and I mentioned that perspective is key during times of crisis. And I asked the girls to imagine seeing the entire planet at once, the entire globe, and to imagine all people doing their thing at this moment in time. And then expand that to all living creatures, you know, birds, mammals, reptiles, insects, everything, every living thing on the planet moving about at this moment in time. And with that perspective, to recognize that soul is coming into these bodies every, every second. You know, as you picture this globe, every second soul is coming into a body, human or otherwise. And as it does, it, some entries, if you will, are very easy. And some entries, you know, we call it birth, being born, are difficult. And then the same is true leaving. You know, we call that death. And so every second, all over the planet, souls are leaving bodies. And some of those are very peaceful and easy, and others are more traumatic. And that does help me. I hope to help them in that as we think, okay, we are soul, we cannot die, we are the spark of God, and we're not in this journey alone, that there are billions of people, and if we add all of the species, just how many living creatures are there, and we're all in this cycle or in this journey of coming onto this planet and leaving this planet. 
And so my hope was that it would at least let them know that as tragic as the event that they're focused on is, it is an event. It's one event. And that there are many, many, many events like that, but also very positive events that are happening every moment of every day. Will, you've described the comings and goings of Saul, and we definitely know what life is like on Earth. Did you share anything about where souls go? Like what's going on before birth or after death? Yeah, that's a great point that it's like when you're not living here, you're living there. I talk about the inner worlds or the spiritual worlds and that this physical world, this earth is just one of, gosh, countless places to live and to explore and to be. I talk about spiritual exercises are a way to actually experience the things that I'm talking about rather than just listening and that you can, you don't have to die to go to those places. Like you can do spiritual exercises now. And in fact, the more you can do that and the more you can explore these inner worlds, the more that fear just goes away because you know what's going to happen when you shed the body. And really, it is all about consciousness. I mean, that perspective component is a shift in consciousness from being aware of an event to being aware of everything happening all at once, coming and going, you know, that is a shift in consciousness. So even with the consciousness that as soul we live on, this life can be so harsh and hard. Do your daughters ever ask, why does it have to be this way? Yes, we do talk about that. And they've been close to it. Other than these events, they certainly have had friends who have been young, their age and past tragically. And so, yes, we do have conversations about this is just so harsh. Like, why does this have to happen? I keep going back to the perspective component. Just remember that it is sad. It is hard. But this person has lived before. They will continue living. It is sort of a chapter closing and another chapter beginning. And I try to ask questions to help them get there as well, to just continue to pull back from that question of why is this event so hard to let's look at the big picture. And of course, we always acknowledge that we don't know why. I don't know why a bad event happens to a given person. I don't know what their relationship is with the divine and what their journey needs to be. And so we acknowledge that. I think that's important, you know, to say, I don't know why that person went through that. But as soul, I know we need to go through a lot of different experiences to get that full breadth of experience and to fully experience life that helps us ultimately to give greater service to life. Anything else from the letter you'd like to share here, Will? I felt like it was important to acknowledge spiritual freedom, that while we are here, there is spiritual freedom. In fact, I say in the letter, the greatest gift that God gave every soul is spiritual freedom. Spiritual freedom means that we can choose our own actions. And I kind of build then off of what I had said in the earlier part of there being a lot of people 
and just acknowledging that there are a lot of us here and that our views on things vary a lot. And that while we do have this freedom, there is responsibility for that as well. And that is a spiritual law of cause and effect. And so I talked a little bit about how that plays out and then talked a little bit about reincarnation, that the purpose of all of that, of trying things through spiritual freedom, being responsible for those actions, reincarnating and coming back, is to gain experience so that we learn more about how to give and receive divine love. And then from there, during the Newtown event, some of the media were suggesting that people go do 26 random acts of kindness to represent the 26 people who had died, and then encouraged my daughters to make that a part of their everyday life. Do one nice thing for someone else each day without any expectation of reward, which is a spiritual exercise that Sri Harold Klimp, you know, has taught us. So that was sort of the last really point that I made. And then I just offered a closing, how you can know this for yourself. Because I did feel like I'm telling you what I've experienced and what I know, but I can't prove any of this to you. And so here's how you can prove it to yourself. And we talked about spiritual exercises. We talked about keeping a dream journal. We talked about how life can speak to you and that as you kind of tune into these things and you begin to practice that you'll see life communicating to you. And it can be as simple as asking a question and seeing the answer on a billboard or a license plate. I just mentioned that as you practice this more, you can begin to have these experiences in the inner worlds. And the more you do that, the more you recognize that there's not that big a difference between life here and life there, that you can move between this pretty easily. And the more you do that, the more comfortable you'll become. And then I just ended by saying, please know that I love you both that this life is a great adventure, so live life to its fullest. And on that note, we have an audio clip from Sri Harold Klemp, the spiritual leader of Ekankar. As the Mahanta, the living Ek master, he can awaken the God knowledge within a person's heart so they can find their answers there. This clip is entitled, Who Am I? The Mystery of Soul. Many people don't realize that this lifetime is a rare opportunity. No, not so many will find Ek, not of all the billions of people who are here, not so many. But it's a precious lifetime for every soul who is here. We come here in a sense, like people walking into a dark room, into a dark hallway even, where there are a lot of sharp edges. And as we come here, we stumble along, we 
trip over things. We bump into walls, get turned around, run into the corners of walls and things like that. And from it, eventually, we begin to look around for the light or a voice, a sound, anything to give us a clue how can we get out of this dark place. And this is earth, this is existence in the lower worlds. We bump around and each bump gives us a little bit further along in our search for truth. No, we don't like the troubles. In fact, we do everything we can to avoid them. I mean, it only makes sense. If we can't learn from the past, well, then we're bound to repeat the past. And I think we would like to go on to a higher class of trouble. <laughs> We've come to solve, to solve the mystery of ourself, the mystery of soul, who you are. And it's a wonderful journey Sometimes we get, oh, inundated, I guess, would be the right word. The tidal waves of life come sweeping over us. and We go under again and again and again. And we wonder, will this never end? Well, this never-ending thing that's going on is called reincarnation or the wheel of the 84 goes round and round and it happens again and again. And at some point we've learned enough, we've gained the experience to begin searching in earnest, searching for truth, searching for the Mahanta, the living Ekmaster. He mentions there the wheel of the 84. Now, that refers to the rounds of reincarnation soul goes through for vast cycles of time, and it's also known as the wheel of becoming. And there comes a time when soul is ready to graduate from the schoolhouse, to get off the wheel, to fulfill its destiny of spiritual mastership. And there's a teacher for this leg of the journey to this milestone of spiritual growth and unfoldment. The Mahanta, the living Ek Master, is that teacher, a way shower for the hero's journey to master one's spiritual destiny. And one of the primary means for showing the way is with the ancient mantra and sacred sound of hue. It's been taught for millennia by an unbroken line of Ek masters. Hue, once secret, still sacred. It works. 
and it works for anyone of any path or faith or even none at all. So here's something the Living Act Master has written about the hue. The word is hue. It is love's golden thread, drawing soul closer to God, like an infant to its parent. Hue is a love song to God. It uplifts and purifies us of the evils that make life too much to bear. It heals our wounds, soothes our brow. Sweet but mighty name of God. It can lift the grieving heart to a temple of solace, a companion in trouble. It is likewise a friend in times of prosperity. And is it any wonder, for hue is soul's most precious gift from God. That's from The Living Word, Book 2, by Sri Harold Klemp. This divine gift is the God current, the Ek, and we can tune into it anytime. So, why not now? If you'd like to join in, we'll have a go at singing Hugh for a minute or two, and we'll play a recording of thousands of people singing Hugh at an Ekankar seminar. You can use this time to look within, listen, or sing the Hugh. Quite an experience. Thank you for being here, Will. It's just been a fascinating exploration. Appreciate your stories and insights. Thank you, Doug. And many thanks to everyone in our podcast audience. If you liked this show, please feel free to share it with others. If you want to follow up a bit, we have a link in the show notes to a video version of the audio clip we played earlier, Who Am I? The Mystery of Soul. And if daily life has you asking questions, Ekankar recently released the ebook version of the third volume of A Modern Prophet Answers Your Key Questions About Life from Sri Harold Clamp. We've got links in the show notes to places you can get that online. As always, visit our main website, ekankar.org, if you want to explore the Ek teachings in greater depth. And don't forget to check out the FAQs. We look forward to being with you all next time on the Ekankar Soul Adventure Podcast.